Welcome to Chat With Us, the show that talks about all things health, wellness, life and business. I'm Rachel Dillon and I'm Emma Dillon and And this this is Chat Chat With With Us. Today I am sitting down with someone you may know who is a very successful businessman, founder and most importantly my partner Toby Pierce. We're chatting all things us, how we met and developed our relationship, compromise, communication, what's next for us and everything in between. So if you're looking to get to know Toby a little bit more and to know a little bit more about our relationship, then stay tuned. Welcoming Toby. This feels very strange <laughs> chatting to you on a podcast. I don't know. I'm not sure about it. It's a disaster waiting to happen. It isn't. But I, I feel like I love that everyone knows you as Business Toby and you're always doing, you've done like obviously multiple podcasts, but it's very mm-hmm. business orientated. Yeah. And I actually think, sorry guys, Nellie's literally next to me digging into the chair. I think you have so much to offer from a personal slash relationships perspective. So I'm excited for this one. Me too, baby. All right. So we actually went to the community with this. So I kind of put up a question box and asked you guys what you'd want to know about Toby and our relationship. So it's very much relationship orientated, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to start. I mean, not everyone obviously knows you like I know you and we Mm -hmm. can give them a little snippet. So I wanted you to just start by like, tell us a bit about you, who you are. Okay. Well, my name's Toby. I grew up in a very small country town in Adelaide, played piano my whole life. I was a bit of a rat bag in high school, ended up going to university to study business, dropped out of university because I was running a business in the fitness industry, was very fortunate to have some some career success there and, and in a couple of other ventures as well now today. Obviously have a beautiful daughter, Anna, who's four years old, and a couple of years ago was very lucky to stumble across the love of my life, <laughs> who I now conveniently happen to be sitting across right from right now. Well, that actually takes us on to, I mean, that was very brief. There's a lot more (laughs) about you, (laughs) but that actually takes us on to the first question. So I've chatted a little bit about how we met and a little bit about us on this podcast. So let everyone know your point of view of how we first met. Yeah. Firstly, um, I feel really happy for the audience that finally they're going to get to hear the truth. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. So some years ago, I was a single man, you were a single woman, and I was doing what all good people do, which is browsing through Instagram, Uh, and I uh, was in the process of planning a holiday to northern Queensland, footnote, proposedly planning a holiday to to the area, which conveniently you happen to be in at the exact time that I was planning a holiday there. That's code for I conveniently decided to start planning a holiday there when I saw you were there. And uh, unashamedly, I used that as, a, as an in to send you a message, the old slide into the DMs. <laughs> the um, old DMs. The old DMs. They really pull through, don't they? Yeah. And basically, I use that, yeah, to... I, I, convinced you that that's what I was doing. I was planning a holiday. You look like a person who was thoroughly knowledgeable about the area. And so I thought that you would be the most valuable resource to entertain whilst I was gathering information about the area. And I mean, look, we we spoke. Obviously, you found me to some degree entertaining. We went from having never really even spoken before properly, and I'll come back to that in a sec, to talking quite a lot. And then obviously, eventually, you know, met, met in person, which I'll come back to. Another like kind of sidebar here is that I I think it was May in 
You actually forgot about this. This is look, what's this is what's really funny. Look, like forgot so I think or I'm temporarily gonna, <laughs> misplaced. I'm gonna come in here. So I didn't even follow Toby on Instagram because stuck it in my heart. <laughs> A fair few years ago, Toby reached out to me, the company he was working, he owned, reached out to me from a a professional sense to chat about, you know, working together. And I remember we had a phone call and at this stage, you know, it was very brief and he jumped on the phone and, you know, Mr. Mr. Macho Man. Um, And I remember getting off the call and just thinking, "Mm, he's he's pretty arrogant. I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I liked liked your vibe as a person. So I personally. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. (laughs) So I personally was like, oh yeah, you're a bit, you know, not my. Yeah. But I was wrong. I was proven wrong. And I'm glad that when you did reach out many Mm. years later Mm. in a non-professional sense that you were very different. Yeah. (laughs) You'd come a long way. That's that's a reasonable (laughs) statement. I think that's fair. And to be honest, I'd say I'm proud of the transition. You know, I think if you look back on yourself three, four, five years ago and you haven't made progress, I think that would probably be a a sad position to be in. But anyway, yes. And nonetheless, we'd been chatting. And for the record, you then told me that you wanted to come visit me. One day you were just like, all right. Let's meet. We're doing it, right? <laughs> no, I am someone that, you know, if I'm going to put a lot of energy into talking to someone, I was like, we need to meet because what, well, what if- was this, like four weeks? Not even. Three weeks. Yeah, it wasn't long. But yeah. I was like, wh- we were talking a lot. And I was like, you know, what if we meet and it's not there? What, if, yeah, what so if the chemistry is not there? That's that's yeah, a big and, deal. And for people who are new to the story, the context is we were not living in the same state. Yes. Right? So we were living literally, like quite literally, effectively on opposite sides of the country. It's a two and a half hour flight. But I, th- I thought that was, you know, like pretty, pretty forward in I've a good al- way. I've always been like that. In a good like, way. I've always felt like... In my relationships, yeah. I've been yeah. the forward one in the beginning. Yeah, but I, I thought that was good, and then so, ladies, uh, was... you gotta put, you gotta go for it. All right, this is your sign. If you've got a well, crush, or you know, you want to put yourself out you there, run do the it. experiment. Yeah, like what's the worst that, worst that can happen? Collect the data. Yeah, you know, like is this on? The data was collected. He yeah. took me on our first date to grilled. Well, so yeah, hold on, wait. Quite no. romantic. I know this could be a sh- this is a shocking surprise, but it does actually get better than grilled, right? Okay, so so you flew down and you got off the plane and walked out. And I picked you up uh, at the airport, and, and you got um, your car washed. So yeah, I got my car washed, like clean. Got like the the seats, like all like everything, you know, schmick and pick up the airport and you're wearing this like just incredibly attractive like what don't they call bodysuit like type play suits. Snow, yeah play suits yeah and of course I'm wearing trackies and like a six-year-old long sleeve Nike top that it has holes so in tight. the armpits and it had holes look the, the tightness is not the problem like I think the holes like there was holes in the armpits like it was faded you know like I had I like. I mean, I'll be the first to acknowledge I probably misread, you know, the fashion on. I mean, mostly from when <laughs> I was born general. until then. Yeah, mostly from birth until then. I misread <laughs> the fashion, but happy to acknowledge that. But yeah, and we we went out for dinner at an incredibly upper class restaurant, grilled burger joint. For those of you that are not in Australia, I would say like it's not like a burger joint like Macca's though. You know, it's sort of like if there was a premium burger place. No, it wouldn't be grilled. Yeah, that's fair. So anyway, we did that, and of course, I'm super nervous. So and he just talked like really so fast, fast yeah. the entire and so loud. <clears throat> like I, I think everyone in Grilled could hear what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, and so that so that was noted. And then uh, we went to the movies and we saw Suicide Squad 
2. So bad. And it was like easily the worst movie ever. And uh, you knocked the popcorn. I spilled popcorn over the entire life. I left my phone in the cinema. And then we we leave the movie partway through. And then, of course, you're like, oh, I left my phone in. And I was like, oh, well, champion over here is going to, you know, be a gentleman and go and get it. So now I've got to walk into the cinema, crunch, 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 crunch over the popcorn to try to like find this phone in the seat to. I mean, the cinema was really packed. Yeah, it was empty. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. And then, uh, then, uh, of course, I was like, oh, why don't we like have a drink? Right. And then you didn't really want to drink anything. No, I'm not a massive drinker in in general. And also, I, I never really drink wine. Yeah. And Toby's like a wine connoisseur. So, well, you know. I think that's that's a that's strong. Okay. Like, you enjoy. I know a bit. Yeah. I mean, no, you collect wines. Like that's, that. well, to me, that's a wine connoisseur. Okay. <laughs> anyway, and so he brings out this really like fancy wine. And meanwhile, I have no appreciation for wine. <laughs> and my mom was like. Mom, my yeah. mom was like, that's such an ice wine. I was like, like literally like forcing myself to drink it. Well, I did try to give you a G&T first and you weren't having a bar of that either. That was terrible yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, literally, I mean, that w- that was effectively the, the first date. And yeah. then from then it was pretty much on, like, yeah. in the sense that we were effectively dating and doing long distance and yeah. all of that for, for quite some time. So that takes me into one of the other questions, which is how did we handle long distance? And I guess mm-hmm. a little bit of an explanation around why I moved to Adelaide and sure. how we kind of handle the travel now. Yeah, so obviously I, I have a daughter with my ex-partner and... You know, from my perspective, obviously, I, you know, we do week on, week off. And so you were up in the GC for you know, a week and then down in Adelaide for a week. And then so then I would join you. So we'd be doing literally, it wasn't really like long distance per se, right? Mm. I mean, earlier on, we had a little bit more time apart. But shortly after that, a few months in, we we're effectively doing one week in Adelaide, one week in GC. Obviously, that comes with its challenges. Mm. You know, I think like, I think like time apart in any relationship for long enough is hard, generally speaking. And I think time apart, early on when you're like trying to build a relationship mm. is then like probably another whole another whole layer of complexity. I think it has its pros and cons because I also think yeah. it forces you to communicate better because you're not just with each other all the time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, yeah, we did that for... Ages. A bit over a year, I think. Yeah. And then... There, obviously, it was about a year or so, yeah, and then we started planning for mm. you to move to Adelaide, which is rather than us doing like one week here, one week there, and not really having a base, it was effectively just that the base would be in Adelaide. And then we kind of still do that amount of travel now. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, well, sort of, but I mean, at least we have a unified base. And I think yeah. as well, like for you know, the people that maybe don't have all the context, like so my work is kind of like anywhere and all over the shop. And then obviously, you have you know, some great businesses in the GC, Gold Coast. And from my perspective, obviously, I'm pro business, pro career of course mm. I didn't really feel like it would have been respectful to you know have any negative impact on your career you know given our relationship so yeah we, we agreed that we'd obviously do that so that you can continue to kind of maximize your career opportunity you know whilst maintaining like your know, time together yeah. in a great relationship yeah yeah and obviously you know friends family mm. so yeah we, we we balance it pretty well I don't know yeah. everything has its challenges but I think we kind of just like figured it out this is a good one <laughs> three things we love about each other mm-hmm do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, your integrity, your persistence, um, and then I think just like alongside, but kind of more broader than integrity. I think just in general, your character and kindness towards other human beings. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Well, mine are—it's so funny. You guys. can't prep. That's unfair. I didn't prep. We get you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely number one is your thoughtfulness. Toby mm-hmm. is literally the most thoughtful human being I've ever met in my life. Everything you say or do around Toby, he remembers, and then goes to so much effort to to do something 
in regards to what you said. Like I've never witnessed anything like it. Second one is effort. So thoughtfulness and effort because whatever task Toby is given, he will do it to the (laughs) best of his ability, whether it be, you know, being a dad or being a partner or his day-to-day life. He's always, yeah, put so much effort into. I always say I can never floor you on effort. There's things he does that frustrate me, I'm sure, but as soon as I tell him, he's like, there's so much effort put towards being better which is really motivating to have as a partner and number three I love your sense of humor because it's a big deal for me like my lover my lover needs to have like humor is a big deal for me Mm. you need to be funny and I shouldn't tell you you're funny because you already think you are but well, you have you always told me that the funniest thing about me is that I think, think I'm funny. Yeah, and Anna thinks you're so funny. She goes, yes. my dad's so funny. And I'm like, stop feeling you. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing at us. <laughs> yeah. But we're laughing No, Anna us. is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. look, to be fair, yeah, she's Anna probably, is so funny. She's more humorous than I am. But I think it's, yeah, I always think it's quite interesting, like what people value on one another and, and then the value that that gives to them. Like I think, you know, your, you know, like your integrity and, and kindness in general, like that's always given me a sense of, you know, peace and uh, pride. I mean, not necessarily like the word pride in that context. Maybe, you know, like there's nothing more heartwarming and, you know, peacemaking than being able to look at your partner and being able to admire them for their personality and behavioral characteristics or values Mm, right you know like yeah truly being able to admire them as an individual and as a human being i think a lot of people go oh you know like i admire your intelligence or i admire your beauty or any of those sorts of things and that's fair enough like Mm. i can understand that and i'd absolutely say i admire those (laughs) things about you too but i think it's a very different and slightly more meaningful you know characteristic to be able to say that i genuinely admire who you are and that that's inspiring to me as Mm. another human being yeah i think that's really nice so What's been one of the most difficult things about our relationship and how do we learn to compromise? <laughs> <laughs> All relationships have difficulties, just yeah. putting it out there. I think, um, so I think, yeah, I'll give the context and then the, the example, right? So I think the like long distance in relationships is hard and obviously I think it, it's going to present a wonderful opportunity to highlight challenges that you have in your communication Mm -hmm. so yeah I think like earlier on in our relationship like an absolute challenge was communication in general but more specifically that you know our mode method frequency and intensity of communication are quite different (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah yeah so like for example yeah I yeah I would consider myself an adept text messenger um, and I would consider you however far the spectrum goes in the opposite end of the spectrum you are you are literally there. Izzy will agree with you on that one. Yeah well yeah we've uh, Izzy and I have actually we've spoken about how terrible you are at messaging and then we get in debates about who you're messaging because the other one of us is not getting (laughs) a message back. I really dislike texting Mm. I'd much prefer to do one call a day. At the end of the day, it's like, mm-hmm. cool. Like, doing it wrong. Like, good morning, I'm alive. Yeah. But then it's kind of like, chat to you at the end of the day. We can catch up then. Yeah. The back and forth throughout the day was like, it's something Toby really loved. And I definitely was more. I yeah. Not, not necessarily even just like chatting because like, I think you do cool stuff and I like to know yeah. about it, you know. I want like a personal Insta story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, Send me pics. You, you're, you're doing stuff on Instagram. But I'm like, yeah, but that's like part of, I don't know, my job. <laughs> I just like to be a part, you know. Like, yeah, I think, yeah. especially with the long distancing, you know, like if mm. I know you're going to be home, like at the end of the day, whatever, like mm. it's different, we'll catch up. But that's true. I think like the long distance thing and also on separate time zones and you know, I would do some overseas travel, you would mm. do some overseas travel for work as well. Yeah. Like when I went to LA, we could hardly speak because we were yeah. so busy. And vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I think, um, yeah, coming back to the challenges and whatever, I think, 
yeah, I think the long distance thing presented an opportunity for us to understand communication difficulties and then subsequent to that we're mm. able to kind of find alternate, mm. you know. So how, how do you think we've learned to compromise in our relationship? That's an interesting one. Like, you know, in the sense, I, I think, you know, broad spectrum, I think we've actually always been very good at compromising. Mm. And I think like part of that is about being able to recognize that there's three entities in a relationship you know there's you as an individual your partner as an individual and then like the partnership you know as a whole and I think sometimes people forget about the third one and so like in our relationship uh, you know looking at kind of relative to others a lot of the time people are interested in debating oh like these are my needs you know like and then that person will go yeah but these are my needs and then you know kind of away they go I think something that we've done really well is like recognizing that the partnership is an individual entity and then being able to say well what does the partnership need in order for the partnership to be successful and then like what individually what do both of us want and how do we make that work because I think fundamentally if people are trying to like balance person a versus person b preferences that that's kind of a losing battle because Mm. if one person wins the other one to a degree loses there's not a lot of scenarios where the compromise between a and b works well Mm. but if you've got a and b and then you've got the partnership between a and b the partnership can win Mm. which results in a balanced degree of compromise and i feel like that's something you've taught me like a lot in this relationship is especially in the beginning you know if something upset me or if i had something that i wanted toby to work on he was straight away working on it like he would put so much effort into making it happen whereas when you would say something to me, I would take it really personally Mm. and I was in this mindset of like this is who I am rather than, well, maybe who I am needs to compromise on certain things a little bit to make our relationship better. Yeah, I think so and I think also having the ability to be able to disassociate your behaviour, your character and your worth. Mm. You know, so it's like a lot of people will say, oh, um, you know, X, Y, Z, I don't like it when you do Mm. that. And then the person receiving that will go, oh, so you don't like me. Mm. And it's like, well, actually, no, like I'm in love with you Mm. and I love our relationship and want to be with you. But that particular behavior is something that I very much don't Mm. appreciate. Mm. You know, and I think a lot of the time people find it very difficult to disassociate a particular behavior at a time or even a trend of behavior, Mm. you know, relative to them as an individual and a human being. It's Mm. like not doing a particular behavior isn't about changing your personality. It's about changing the way that you interact and show up for your partner, which is fundamentally different because the logic would stipulate that if you don't like so much of someone's behavior, you probably don't like their character and therefore Mm. you probably shouldn't be in the relationship, Mm. which is fundamentally different to I love you and who you are. But but that particular thing you just did, yeah, I didn't didn't appreciate that. Mm. Yeah, and I guess being open to receiving that feedback. Which is hard. Which is is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Compromise. (laughs) All right, so going on from that, Parenting, what are your thoughts on parenting and obviously first time meeting Anna, Mm -hmm. having me come into Anna's life, like how is that sort of experience for you? There's lots of questions around this for people going through like a similar thing. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I guess the way I would think about that would be in my role as a father, Yeah, the key kind of purpose or objective must be something to do with how can I educate my children to successfully integrate with society? Mm. You know, in other words, teach them how to navigate the world. Yeah, and then set them up with, you know, skills and values, beliefs and behaviors to allow them to kind of do what they want to do. And that's like some quite deliberate language. You know, it's not like I want them to succeed because they might not want to do that. Mm. Yeah. And it's not that I want them to do XYZ. It's like I want them to do what they want to do. And Mm. yeah, it's not that I want them to be this type of person. It's that I want them to integrate with society well, Mm. because ultimately that is a skill set rather Mm. than an identification. And so I think and and you would know, like a lot of the time when I'm having 
you know, more challenging like behavioral conversations with Anna, like one of the things I'll often say, I'll, I'll, I'll ask her, and this may sound funny to a four-year-old, but it's actually quite amazing how much, you know, she's been able to pick it up. And I'll say, oh, you know, well, what sort of people are we? Mm. Yeah, and then she'll go, oh, well, we're kind people, we're patient people, we're respectful people. I try to teach her hard work. She goes, but- we're pushing hard people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, and, and humble people. And anyway, patient. Yes. So yeah. what's the relevance of that? Well, the relevance of, relevance of that is that that's obviously part of my role as a dad. However, part of the, you know, like a, a reasonable deduction off the back of that would be, well, at, at the, initially at the time being a single dad, when choosing a partner, that's a critical decision, right? And so if I'm choosing a partner, you know, I'm choosing a, a senior you know, female role model or, or figure to, to be in her life. And then importantly, that person needs to exhibit the values and behaviors that are either similar or con- positively contributory to my own. Mm. Otherwise, that misalignment obviously wouldn't work. And so, you know, from my perspective, coming back to some of the remarks I made earlier about your integrity and kindness as such, like, yeah, I think the introduction, you know, for, for, for you, Duana, was quite a proud moment for me. Like, I felt mm. quite secure and confident in that because I was like, well, I love you for these characteristics. These are the characteristics that, you know, I'm trying to, you know, imbue an honor. And then mm. subsequent to that, we we share a kind mm. of family philosophy, if that makes sense. And the first so. time I actually met Anna, Toby had like, she was only so little. I still remember it. She was like two and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. And Toby had shown her I'm not being biased, but she's very intelligent. I'm <laughs> totally probably biased. But Toby had shown her photos of me. So he started to get her familiar with, mm-hmm. you know, who I was and what I looked like. And then one day we picked her up and she jumped in the car and I turned around and I'm thinking like, oh my God, I'm the nervous one. And she's mm-hmm. this confident little two and a half year old and she looks at me and she gets her little hand and she tickles me. She goes, ah, Rachel. And then she's in the back <laughs> and she's got her music on and she's clapping and she's so happy. And I hadn't been around any infant for Mm. like 10 years it was Mm. really strange for me I didn't know what it was going to be like but something that I've learned so much from being around Anna is I feel like she's actually taught me more than I've taught her absolutely like she's brought joy into my life appreciating the little things slowing down being present Mm. it's been such a like honor and I guess such a nice experience being a part of her life. And I, you know, you hear the horror stories. And so, mm. I, of course, it's a nerve wracking thing. But when people ask, I'm like, honestly, she's just the yeah. sweetest little thing. So she's pretty cool. She, she's so <laughs> sweet. So it's really been quite, I don't want to say easy because it's never easy, but it's no, 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 been no, no, quite it's a nice hard. experience for us anyway. Yeah. And I think you, from a partner's point of view, you've done a great job of integrating the two of us. So Toby always like speaks about us as a whole. We're always a group. You know, mm. she runs up to us like, family cuddles like she's very she feels she feels very Mm. included I feel very included and so as a whole I think that's yeah really important and yeah yeah, so I think you also do a really good job of yeah I think it's just a behavioral expectation thing right Mm. like setting what are otherwise acceptable norms yeah love that okay so when we disagree on things how do we deal with them regularly yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I wanted to point this out because I think you know obviously and this is why today I was excited to bring Toby onto the podcast because I'm like, I share a lot of us, but mm. not really in depth, you mm. know, yeah, photos, t- like fun times, et cetera, highlight reels. Mm. But I never want people to think that we do not have disagreements because we have, Toby's, I've probably never had more disagreements in a relationship. Like <laughs> I actually, one of my, like I had a list of what I wanted in the person that I was going to be with. And one of them was <laughs> challenged me. And I kind of regret how much I maybe manifested that because, Toby definitely challenges me and keeps me accountable to the person I want to be, which is something I'm super appreciative of. Appreciative of, but 
we definitely argue. Like, mm. oh, I don't want to say argue, but yeah, yeah. Is that the word for it? Uh, yeah, we uh, argue. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think there's like, yeah, let, let's maybe classify it, right? So I think there's arguments. Mm. Yeah, I think there's, you know, debates. And then I think there's negotiations. Yeah, we do all three. Yeah, like so... Yeah, we negotiate where there's a particular situation where both of us have particular leverage over a certain decision that gets made and then one of us comes out victorious. <laughs> um, then on debates, I think, yeah, we are scenarios where we have different views and opinions on things and then we you know, debate about them and resolution doesn't actually mean no, agreement. Yeah. Sometimes it means acceptance. Sometimes yeah. it means agreement. But, a lot but of also times, we're allowed to think yeah. differently. We're not the same human being. Yeah. I feel like this is where a lot of people go wrong in relationships. You don't have to yeah. be one. And there's a lot that we think differently. Yeah, yeah, on, a- absolutely. Which, yeah. And then I think, yeah, then I, I think like the negotiating and, and debating portion represents by and large the majority of, you know, those type of conversations. And then, yeah, of course, from time to time we have arguments. Mm. Yeah, and then I, and I think the argument would be it's like we're not even necessarily – it's not it's definitely not a negotiation it's definitely not an opinion it's a scenario where each of us are trying to convince the other one that we're right about something that probably is really irrelevant and largely emotionally expressive as opposed mm. to practical and i think that's like an important you know characteristic of relationships and when i say that i don't mean that you should be able to argue a lot i do think sometimes people get blinded by the frequency factor they're like oh we argue all the time and mm. i'm like okay but but how often do you resolve mm. and how well do you resolve and what do the resolutions normally result in? Because I think, you know, in our relationship, which I, I'm, you know, really proud of and I think is quite different to a, a lot of other relationships I've had exposure to around me, is that when we're having, you know, debates or arguments or whatever, it's not passive aggressive closure, sweep under the rug type scenario and then bring up six months later. Mm. To me, that would represent that you're fundamentally not good at conflict I mean, resolution. Yeah. Right, because you should be able to have conflict and resolve. Mm. And I, I said this to you a couple of times before. I'm like, the practical reality is this: you meet people in relationships. Normally, it's earlier on, but not always. But normally, earlier on, you meet people in relationships, and they go, "Oh, we're just so aligned on everything. We just have no arguments." Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm like, cool." I'm like, "Well, the reality is this: I'm like, one or more of you is full of shit, <laughs> right?" Because, and what I mean by that is that, you know, the likelihood that two human beings that have completely different lives and upbringings, which is most Mm. people, 99.99% of relationships, the practicality or probability that you have the same views, values, and beliefs in every single possible context of life is effectively zero. Mm. And therefore, if that's true, if you have different positions and you're not at at all ever experiencing conflict, you are lying to each other, or at least one of you is. Mm. And that actually is an incredibly unsafe position to have a relationship in because at some point you'll have an argument and if that that will feel cataclysmic or nuclear because you've been avoiding you know things for a long time whereas i think in other relationships that are more effective and i would say ours is is quite effective in this regard it's like frequent debates and arguments are actually okay provided that you're both transparent and honest and importantly very respectful throughout the process and then you're able to come to resolution and accepting that resolution doesn't need to be agreement yes Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've come a long way in the be- since the beginning that mm. we now are both very good at, you know, being accountable to, hey, like I probably yeah. didn't communicate that effectively and I guess wanting to resolve it and wanting to stay respectful, which uh, I think is really important. Yeah. And I think individually and as a team, you know, yes. like that's a, yes. again, the whole three-party journey, right? I develop, you develop, and then collectively we develop our skills as a partnership. Yeah. All right, so to lighten things up, what are three icks about me? And then oh, I'm straight up the toilet paper. Three icks about straight you. Straight up the toilet paper. <laughs> oh. You hang the toilet paper the wrong way around. <laughs> What's it called? A frullet it's and a, a mullet? It's a mullet and a frullet. 
right? So the mullet is like the back, like towards the wall, and the frolic is the yeah the loose side, like rolling towards you. And like on a practical basis, like on the rear side, it's just hard to use, and then it risks touching the wall. You know, like and then your hand, like it, there's so much, there's so much wrong with that. <laughs> so that that's one thing. I'm um, glad that that really was quick. That's were, yeah, that's were, like that's, you really had that one banked out, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's been there, and we've we've had this conversation <laughs> a few times. <laughs> Yeah, X though, X. Oh yeah, so we have this like theoretical agreement that whichever one of us cooks, <laughs> the other one will clean. I don't ever remember fully agreeing to that. I think it's only fair. It's, it's fair, egalitarian. but we didn't agree to it. So when I cook. Which is every night. <laughs> most nights, and I, I'm fine, I like cooking, yeah. right? Yeah, whenever I do that. And the I next morning really I come out, there's like up. there's some nasties just like sitting on the kitchen. I bench. really hate cooking and I really hate cleaning. <laughs> yeah, I did I'm, notice that. Yeah, I'm not I domestic that. at all. Yeah. Yeah, X, third one. Okay. Why don't you tell me your X and then okay. see if that, that promised me for a third one. My first one is that if we ever have water bottles in the house, <sighs> Toby feels like he can only ever drink half a water bottle. I don't feel like this is an objective. Before he needs to get another one. And I that feel that's really, an objective explanation of what really truly happens. Dry, drives me crazy. There's actually a lot that drives me crazy. Like you can't just yeah. put your washing, like we have a basket, you have to open the cupboard and put it in, yeah. but you'll still put it on the ground. Well, just yeah, because, sometimes. No, every time. Sometimes. Every time. Yeah, yeah. Every single time. Third one is Toby li- likes to keep the lights on at night. He's an a- he's a night owl. I'm not. And so every <laughs> night we get in bed to watch, you know, a series or something. And instead of just turning the lights off, he has to have the lights, you know, on. Everything is on. I'm like, this is wind down time. Mm. And then right as I'm about to go to sleep, I let him keep the TV on. I let him do all the things. I'm like, <laughs> all right, good night. I love you. And then he comes over to me. He's like, hey. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, like that, That's my don't. second shift. That's, that's when like, I start to that like. That drives me crazy. I start to rev up for the evening shift. It makes me really annoy. It really annoys me. I think, yeah, the, the last one, the last, the last ick. So, like, when I was younger, if you were, like, really hungry in the afternoon, right, and you knew, you knew so it was like, let's call it, like, 4 o'clock, oh. like, 4 to 4.30, that's, like, the dead that's zone. That's prime time. That's the dead zone. That's prime time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to have dinner at, like, 6 Right. And then, so the specific context here is, so it's a scenario where like we've got a nice dinner booked, right? <laughs> and we're going to go out. I hate going to din- dinner starving. Yeah. But then, so it's like, I've been like deliberately curbing my eating <laughs> to like build up some appetite so I can go ham at the dinner. Because you know what I'm like? Yeah, but that's I just try, not necessary. I want to try every dish, all the flavors. It's necessary. just an experiential thing. And then it'll be like, so it's like six o'clock. Gets like five, five fifteen, and then you like eating Doritos. You've got like tuna on a chip or some crap, and I'm just like, you are ruining your appetite before we go to this dinner. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to go to dinner starving. So that's a funny one about you too. Like you, <laughs> you, you are so polite that you almost never ever like reject. Yeah. So I'll be like, oh, like, you want to go somewhere? And you're like, Compromise. You're like, no, but you're like, yeah, yeah, like we could. That'd be awesome to do later, and then like later never comes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the importance of having our own lives within our life because mm-hmm. obviously we're both very busy people. Mm-hmm. Lots of people were like, you know, you both have your own businesses. Mm-hmm. How do we make time for each other? I guess work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, like, I mean, I, I think we spoke about this before. Like I, I don't like the idea of work-life balance because I think it, it 
by default it positions one against the other yeah right yeah so i think i think a more appropriate term is just balance yeah. you know like balance in general and i think it, it depends on the relationship obviously i can only talk in the context of ours but you know we have very similar values in the sense like you know we we you know have a, a certain degree of priority to like for family we have a certain degree of priority for health we have a certain degree of priority for you know like career and a variety of other things so i think like to, to start in a default position i think if you and your partner are very aligned on like those sort of three four five things that by default makes things a lot easier mm. and the reason i say that is because if you say to me like oh i've got something important to work to do i'm like cool see ya yeah we're both very like, supportive of each other's careers i think yeah. it's because they're really important to us individually as well so we can yes. really relate so if toby has to go away or he has to prioritize work i i don't know i'm i'm genuinely supportive of my partner really going for it i love yeah. i love that inner person i love seeing someone who's ambitious and has drive so i'm supportive of those mm. qualities but i think that something we do is that we do very much make time for each other every well, afternoon nelly will go for a say, little like, walk that's, yeah that's one thing like we don't compromise on no. in the sense that um as in it's not a versus b compromising it's compromising on the partnership mm. we don't compromise on the things that are requisite for mm. partnership success such as you know like family and and, and intimate time mm. uh taking nelly for a walk at the park or with anna or yeah. whatever it might be we also don't compromise on the fact that we have careers that requires some intense workout yeah. it requires some intense unpredictable travel it requires sometimes lack of you know structure and, and all that sort of stuff you know and we won't compromise on certain you know health things like yeah. sure we like to Fitness. train together but you know like I like to do a lot of yeah. jujitsu. You know, so every be... night Toby goes to jujitsu, yeah. but I also do my own thing. Mm. And then it's, I don't know, we just have a good balance of like, I genuinely, like I've spoken about this a lot on the podcast, but the year I spent being single really made me enjoy my own time. So even now when I have to travel back, like initially when I'm leaving Toby, like I, I get a bit of an anxious feeling because it's like, you know, Toby, mm. Nelly, Anna, like I... But then when I have that time to myself and I'm just like sitting, having a coffee, like I still just love, I love both. Mm. And I think that's really important. I think that actually makes our relationship stronger because we're not so reliant on each other mm. to be happy. And I feel like that's a dangerous place to be. And I like that we then we miss each other. We get to be excited to see each other. Yeah. I think a certain amount of independence and distance can be really healthy well yeah and i think like but and part of that on a practical basis for maybe for people that are listening that are not in relationships at the moment like being able to get really comfortable being alone is incredibly good for your self-esteem yeah and your confidence so that then when you're in your relationship it doesn't like you don't lose yourself as i came back to that initial example at the beginning it's a b and the partnership you don't lose yourself and mm. then just be the partnership there has to be three separate mm. you know entities at all times you have to have your own things but in order to have your own things you have to have self-respect and self-esteem how did you, you know? handle being single obviously you're in a very long-term mm. relationship and then mm. that to being single how did you what did you figure out about yourself yeah i mean honestly i think i went through phases you know mm. like like most people honestly i love the time mm. yeah like i love the time but mostly in what you're I'm, addicted to gaming. Well, look, I mean, that was a small. Toby's comp- ideal. I've always said I'll never date a gamer. I don't know. It's well, just, yeah. And when we started dating, I hadn't turned on an Xbox for some time. Yeah. You'd quit gaming. Yeah. Um, and have still. But your yeah. ideal like bachelor night was literally. Yeah. Gaming. I'd play like play console gaming for a few hours, <laughs> read for a few hours, you know, do some like study or work or whatever, you know, go to bed. But because when I was, yeah, when I spent my time being single, I spent a huge amount of time trying to figure out how to get comfortable, yeah, like just being in my own company, you know. So I'd go to dinners by myself, mm. you know, go to breakfast by myself. Like I'd Which you, you still know, do now. Yeah. You still and, go to breakfast. And by I yourself. think like too, like having personal 
having personal ventures and hobbies is really important you know so like you know i i mean i played piano for a long time but like i started teaching myself piano again as opposed to just playing mm. you know like with the jujitsu stuff like i you know i committed to that as a mm. hobby so it's like being able to make promises to yourself and then hold them builds your esteem and confidence how how did you go being a single parent to, that, that's hard yeah to everyone out there yeah, who yeah that's that's very it. hard yeah, I think like the, I mean, we spoke about this. Because Anna like, was only really young when you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got single when she was not even, well, maybe a year old, like yeah. just a year old. But yeah, I think it would be different for everyone depending on the unique situation, of course. But I think for me, and we spoke about this at like early on when we, when we first started dating, like I just had a lot of, yeah, uh, imposter syndrome and and kind of like doubts. anxiety and, and, and doubts in the sense that like, because for me, like I don't think I'd ever even like held a baby. <laughs> Yeah, so like, yeah, that was one thing. Then like, you know, two, being a single parent, like, there's there's no breaks. There's no, oh, you'll mm. do like that bit, and I'll do mm. this bit. You know, it's a hundred percent like mm. kind of full full intensity stuff. And like, I had no issue like with doing all of the stuff, but it is just a lot. Mm. Yeah, and like, and I consider myself to be someone who's quite like patient mm. and and resilient and whatever. And like, even even for me through that period of time, like that's that's quite hard mm. um i think don't get me wrong i think as kids get you know older past that like one two three year mark it gets a lot more fun than mm. it does get challenging but mm. yeah there, there's certainly a lot of anxiety and and self-doubt associated with being yeah a single parent like it's it's very hard mm. well you did a great job thanks baby <laughs> this is so funny this one but i feel like it came up a lot you guys really get personal how do we distribute expenses between our households mm-hmm. so do you want to answer that or do you want me to yeah well, look, I think early on, like we pretty much split like everything 50-50. Like mm. I said, like we'd even, you know, like if you did breakfast, I'd do lunch sort mm. of thing, like, you know, that sort of stuff. And then obviously when we kind of got like a regular scenario with like traveling back and forth, you'd cover all of the, you know, expenses, like food and expenses and whatever here. And then I'd cover them all, you know, back on yeah, the Yeah, very side. fair. Very and much then, 50-50. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm like with travel? I keep a spreadsheet. Yeah. So something that like, has been very eye-opening <laughs> for me is that Toby – is the most organized, structured person you'll ever meet. Like <laughs> even like the cleaning jobs in his house have like a documented file. Anyway, so he's like, what's your 10-year plan financially? And I was like, oh, jeez. I was like, I don't not, know. Not, not go broke. I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't, I'm not really sure. He's like, oh, like do you have like do budget? Do you have this? Do you have that? I'm like, oh, jeez. Like I don't know. I've never taken it like that seriously, you know. Anyway, and so he really opened my eyes to being a little – bit more structured in that well, yeah but I think regard. also as well and, and and some people will probably take this as being quite abrasive right mm-hmm. but it's like you will start dating somebody you will share all of your personal deep mm-hmm. dark secrets with them you'll get naked with them mm-hmm. you'll do all of this stuff mm-hmm. you'll introduce families mm-hmm. all that but you won't share bank balances mm-hmm. or you won't share budgets or expenses mm-hmm. or whatever it's like if anything like if you look at, you know, categorically, what are the top several things that are going to determine, you know, relational kind of like success and this and that and the other, it's like, well, it's it's values alignment. Mm. And a huge, you know, one and very important value to be aligned on is, you know, money. And I don't mean how much you want to have. It's more like how do you view it? How do you spend it? Mm. You know, where, where does it go? What's important to you, right? Mm. I've very much always just been very sensible <clears throat> but probably just not structured. Yeah. Like I didn't think about 10 years' time, which yeah. is, is probably – Something that everyone I, I do remember needs a distinct, do. Yeah, I do remember a distinct conversation. Like it was only two or three weeks into our relationship, where we were talking about effectively about this, and I was like, "Oh, I've got like a sixty-five year plan." Oh, yeah. And you laughed at me, and I was like, "Why are you laughing?" And then I showed you. I opened up the Google Doc on my phone <laughs> and started like reading it to you, and you literally looked at me like I was, I was crazy. Like, oh my god, what is happening? 
I, I, I mean, it's great that you're, but yeah, as you were saying, hmm. money you were saying. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just think like, yeah, people will do all that other stuff, hmm. but they won't be open and honest about their financial situation. Hmm. And like, you know, if you are serious about your relationship and committed about your relationship, like, does it mean you need to transfer each of everyone's money into one bank account? Absolutely not. I think you should have your own things and hmm. should have your own stuff. But like, I think you know, you should at least know generically like A, what's under the hood, B, what are your values and principles with spending money, i.e. if one of you is like incredibly lavish and the other one is incredibly conservative, mm-hmm. like that's probably yeah, that's, that's probably going to be a problem. So I think, you know, everyone wants to get alignment around like, you know, careers and personal preferences and intimate preferences and family preferences and all of this sort of stuff, kids, marriage and whatever. Mm. But it's like, but it's like there's this huge kind of black hole mm. of consideration, you know, with something that's like fundamentally very important underlying mm. your know, relationship. And I mean, to a degree, it is individual. Like Absolutely. different people are have, yeah. like like doing different things. Some yep. people never want to share bank accounts. Some people, we, we are always just about, fairness i think that's the big play yeah, in a relationship yeah, it's, it's equal contribution yeah right and, and again like coming back to the same principle again it's like this is a partnership mm. yeah so it's like we should be across a variety of different spectrums contributing to the partnership so it can deliver the best quality of life for you know us our children mm. you know all of these sorts of things right like because at the end of the day like that's effectively what you're signing up for an intimate relationship it's like mm. how can we build the quality of our combined life together mm. which is finance is not all of that, obviously, no, it's no, only no. a very small component, but it's a very critical and important component. Agree. Do you think that we know each other's love languages and that we accommodate to each other in that yeah. way? Yeah. Well, why so why think, did you smile when I, I think, said that? I just, I, no, I was saying, yeah, like <laughs> oh. I, I think I, I do. And I, I think we, coming back to some of the stuff we said before, I think it's like a growing and learning thing, right? Because you know, nothing in life what, is, what, What's my number one? What's your number one? Yeah, love language. <laughs> Well, I debate. It's one of two things, right? It's either words of affirmation or quality time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which one? Probably words yeah, of affirmation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> Yours is definitely acts of service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you do lots of acts of service for me, so sometimes I'm like... Yeah, sometimes I accidentally love you the way I yes, like to be loved. Yeah. Heaps of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Marriage, family and future. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how many people are like want to know about your future. I think that, you know, obviously you guys to a degree, like what mm. your future holds is your future. And I think that you can mm-hmm. be as planned as you want. Obviously, we talk about all of these things yep. all the time. They're yep. things that we want together. Yep. But, you know, I think lots of people put pressure on people to do certain things or achieve certain things in relationships and I think that that can be like a bit of a dangerous place to be in just because sometimes I'm like does it take away the excitement of mm. the actual event because there's all this pressure for it to happen well yeah are you ticking a box yeah like because I think a lot of people forget like the purpose or objective of those particular things right mm. it's like you don't get married to someone because you're meant to get married to someone you know, you get married to somebody because you love them and you want to display a commitment that you want to be with them for the rest of your life. Yeah. And agree. that's a representation of effectively a high, yeah, high, a high and specific degree of values alignment. Mm. You know, like, and so, yeah, I think when people concretize those activities but relate them to, you know, time-bound tasks, I think that becomes a very big problem. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, someone's like, oh, yeah, I want to, have x y and z by this day you know with this person it's like okay but like would you rather be happy yeah it's like, it's crazy it's just not that way at all like i even think mm. back to when i was like 15 mm. and you'd go to your grandma's house or your mom's friend's house and the first thing they would ask you is like do you have a boyfriend yeah and i'm yeah. like is that 
I remember my dad would get so angry. My dad's always been like, you've got plenty of time, you know, focus on your career, be mm. independent. That was always his messaging to us because the rest of the world was constantly just asking you when you're, when have you got a boyfriend or are, are you engaged? Or if you're engaged, when you get married, when well, you yeah, have kids. Well, you never kids. say like, hey, how is your relationship yeah. going? Or are you happy in your yeah. relationship? Yeah, 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 or absolutely. are you happy being single? Mm. Some people are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it kind of frustrates me that, you know, even in this question box, it's just like, well, I think constant. Yeah, a lot of that is just, you know, regurgitating uh, rhetoric that's mm. distributed all over social media in the yeah. sense that, you know, people ask that because that's the conventional Yeah, which thing I understand. To ask. And it is yeah. things that, as I said, it's things that we want and that we're definitely, we will definitely do. But I just find it interesting that, like, it's still very much on a pedestal, those things, whether or mm. not you're actually happy doing them. Well, yeah, like, is, I would say, you know, like, for all of my closest friends, you know, when I go and catch up with them, they'll say, how is... Rachel mm. yeah, like yeah none of my friends how, will ever be like yeah so when's when's Toby proposing yeah. it's just not a conversation no, and, and, and if anything I mean I don't want to sound like too cynical but mm. I think a lot of the time when people are exclusively focus on those things they're more interested in information and status than they actually are interested mm. in your life mm. you know like potentially all right we're Nelly at the end so I've got a couple more questions three Nelly's yawning yeah she's over sorry, it sorry sweetheart okay how to deal with heartbreak and being open to finding the one with the heartbreak piece, I think regardless of the way, you know, you leave someone, someone leaves you, whatever, you end up in a scenario where you're you're hurt. I think one of the fundamental mistakes that people make is that they associate being in a relationship with another desirable individual. Yeah, they, they associate that with self-worth. Mm. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and I think that's a very... It's a very sad but very unsafe and fragile way to to live your life. Mm. And so, you know, everyone's, you know, met a, a person, you know, who goes, oh, yeah, like I just, you know, I just really want to find the one. And I'm like, well, but like what are you actually seeking? I can like, relate to that because even when I had yeah. my year of being single, don't get me wrong, mm. there was lots of times I enjoyed mm. it, but there were times where I was like, is mm. you feel like you're failing because yeah. you haven't yeah. found that person. But, but even that, like that that in itself is an interesting, you know, dynamic to be in. And obviously I can only talk about your experience. I can't talk about and mine. I can't really talk about anybody else's. But it's like, what is the emotional need that you're seeking, right? You know, like so for you, you know, my understanding of that was like, you know, you had a desire to build a family with someone. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But for a lot of people, that's not actually the desire. For a lot of people, the desire is I don't want to be alone. Mm. And that's a fundamentally dangerous place to, to be in. So I think for from a heartbreak perspective, I think it's you know you go through this process of grieving whichever way you choose to go through that but eventually you must arrive at this point in time where you are comfortable being alone Mm -hmm. like that so goal number one kind of like has to be you know once you get to that point effectively like get comfortable being alone and then when you get comfortable being alone spend that time alone figuring out what's important to you you know and then enjoy yourself because I think if you spend a lot of time like kind of you know seeking things like we've spoken about before, it's like that starts from the position that if I'm seeking X, Y, Z to make me happy, I must therefore currently be unhappy mm. without it. Yeah. And I think that's a very common but a very sad mm. way to you know, live your life. And don't get me wrong, like you know, being alone is hard mm. and sitting by yourself and doing your own things is hard. 
But like in my so is being in a relationship that is no longer serving. Yeah, so is being in in an average relationship. So I think like from my position, yeah, and uh, I'm sure this is a a quote or something somewhere along these lines. But it's like in order to have the best and most loving relationship with anybody else, first you must have a really good quality relationship with yourself. Mm. And so like during that particular time while you're single, and a lot of people might look at this and this might sound counterintuitive, but it's like being alone for a period of time, short, long, or otherwise, is a tremendously wonderful opportunity to improve that relationship with yourself. So like people should focus on that more so than the loss Mm. right because in some regards and again this is perhaps a little mechanical but it's like if you've lost a relationship it's like well that relationship wasn't serving one or both of you Mm. and so therefore it's not practical to continue it anyway I think I have a I have a bit of an interesting take with you know heartbreak I'm kind of like lean into it learn Mm. from it because Mm. if you don't you will enter your next relationship and the exact same thing will happen and how often do you hear this from friends you know it's like made the same mistake the same thing and it's like i always say life will keep giving you the same lesson until you learn it so stop lean in learn spend some time alone don't jump into the next relationship Mm. or the next fling and when when i say be open to finding the one just be open to whatever your future holds and don't put mm. pressure on finding the one. Yeah. I think there's a big difference there. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, um, just as an interesting aside for anyone who's going through that right now and experiencing like any, you know, loneliness or sadness, it's like the cure to loneliness is not outside, it's inside. It doesn't matter how many people you have around you, who those people are, what types of relationship you have, no one ever is going to replace the individual ability to take care of yourself. Love right? that. Yeah. All right, so we're going to end with one last question. Nelly is just about had enough. Something this relationship has taught each other. I mean, maybe maybe this is not like the purpose of the question, but I'll, I'll, in life, I've always considered like knowledge and experiences to fall into three buckets, right? Known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. So in other words, things you know that exist that you know something about, things that you know exist but you don't really know a lot about, and then stuff that you're like not even aware that could possibly exist. And so I think as far as you know, our relationship has gone, like the absolutely overwhelming individual learning that I have gained from it has been this idea of getting close to the unknown unknowns. Mm-hmm. But for me specifically, the unknown unknown was I'd never ever been able to experience peace in the way that I experience it in our relationship. And so for me, that wasn't like, oh, like I know what peace is and, you know, cool it's like i truly don't believe that i ever properly comprehended a its true existence and it's in in its real form and then b what that actually is like to experience Mm, yeah i definitely feel like that's a big thing that i notice in you Mm. so even like when i first met toby his leg would always be jittery (laughs) and now it's like never happens Mm. so i feel like there's definitely little like i feel like you're more at peace with who you are yeah. yourself but that's yeah. also a lot of the work you've done on yourself not just yeah absolutely but yeah i just think like it, it had never ever occurred to me that you could be in the same location as another person sitting completely in silence but having such a good time that's so sweet babe so i'm so awkward getting compliments <laughs> <laughs> so something that you have taught me a hundred percent is that we are a team mm. and that I have never felt more supported, more challenged and more loved at the same time. I feel I have someone just there for me in a way that like I haven't had before. I feel like running businesses and doing a lot of what I feel I've done can be can feel quite lonely mm. and I feel like you really you know with your own experiences you've really taught me that a lot of what I'm going through and go through is so normal and I guess mm. that's felt 
very comforting. So you've definitely taught me that I have, I do have someone there and that we can work together on resolving issues rather than it be me versus the world. Yeah. 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 That's nice. Thanks. So thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you guys got to know Toby a little bit better. And as always, I will chat to you soon. Thanks. Thanks guys. Thanks so much for joining us and we hope you loved today's episode. Make sure you follow our socials, chatwithus.podcast on Instagram and TikTok to stay up to date with all of our show info. Chat Chat soon. soon.